Hello, everybody. Welcome to Optional Opinion here on Anomalous Radio Network. I'm your host, Eddie V. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for reading this week's feature, The Fun of Konami's Co-op. Um, it's been such a great week touching on a lot of topics uh, about why um, Konami's just were the best at having like two to four player co-op games and i have another uh, actually have a co-op buddy um with me for this podcast because it just wouldn't be right just doing it single everybody please welcome this awesome great man um he's one of the co-hosts of the deluded geeks podcast with me on the anonymous radio network everybody once again give your hands up hand clap Yay for Mr. Ryan Beeman. How you doing, Ryan? I'm doing good. Uh, besides uh, really being able to talk and hear out of one ear, but I'm doing pretty good. Well, you sound good right now. Um, this week, um, for Optional Opinion, um, if you have not been able to read the blogs, just go to IGN.com, type in anime, E-N-I-M-E, or even Optional Opinion, and you will see these week's blogs come in where I talk about different things. Um, that Konami was so good at uh, with their two uh, with their just co-op in their game. Um, if you know games like Contra, the Ninja Turtles, X Men, you know games like that, then you know what good co-op games are. Um, but I want to ask you, Ryan, um, what what Konami game? Because there's been a ton of games like we could talk about Double Dragon Arcade. We could talk about like Alter Beast or whatever. But what Konami game has actually got you started in like so uh, two player co op? And who was your like co op buddy to go to? Jeez, let's see. Uh, for Konami, I mean, I think probably one big one in the beginning was probably Super Contra with my brother. Because, uh, yeah, Super Nintendo was, like, the first, like, main system we ever had. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I think we we played a lot of that one. Um, I don't even remember if we ever beat the game, come to think of it. Like, oh, Super, I think it, yeah, Super C is easy to beat. Super C was, like, only, uh, like, seven levels. Like, you able to run, like, you didn't even need the Konami code, uh, which I don't even think that was <laughs> in that one. It might have been, yeah. but. Um, it's not a Super Nintendo one, yeah. Yeah, um. Uh, I know definitely for me. Oh, but who was, uh, it was just your brother, right? Like you guys yeah. always, okay. That's the same with me. It was my brother. Um, uh, we, my first Konami game that I can remember is of course Contra. Um, of course we did the 30 man thing and my brother's a little bit older than me, but I could actually run to Contra by myself without the 30 man code. Nice. So, um, we would like, we would, uh, just, <laughs> play that game we i think we beat it twice in like uh like in 40 minutes because because we just <laughs> yeah because i'm just like we had enough men and stuff like we were running the whole game you know it would repeat and then we would just play the whole game over again just to have fun um yeah but um konami is known for their two-player games and just since we've been talking about contra let's start uh off with contra um reason why um contra i feel like it's the foundation of two-player games is because it's it makes you work as a team and if you do not work as a team you're going to die a lot um if you read in the blog i talk about um how the game was kind of designed that there's two um like second 
second view stages is like where you're like heading towards the scene. Um, there's one vertical stage and then there's four, um, horizontal stage, like regular 2d things. And one of the things about it is that you guys had to have each other's back. If you didn't have each other's back and you was not paying attention, cause you really had the multitask and, um, in uh, Contra, one person had to be the leader and one person had to be the follower. Um, and if you just guys were not working together, you would literally die. And I believe like Contra starts that Contra being the foundation for a lot of two player games. So even if you look at like Double Dragon or Streets of Rage, um, like some of the brawlers and stuff like that. Um, you still have to work as a team, but you have to watch where you throw your enemies at or where you're attacking. Because some games um, will make you actually allow you to hit the other player um, when you not when you try not to. And sometimes if you hit another player, depending on who you're playing with, they will come and hit you and you will lose energy. And then y'all end up fighting in the game before you start fighting in real life. Um, Contra just made you kind of angry, but I'm like, I think, you know, if you work together in Contra, um, you'll be able to get through the game. What are your thoughts, um, Ryan? Yeah, because I think Contra, like, you know, besides some of the fighters and stuff, and yeah, it's a, I always hated that where, like, you know, you could actually hurt your, your partner in there too, because, like, you know, especially, for example, like, you know, me and my brother, like, hey, you hit me. Oh, sorry, it's an accident. You know, I'm going to do it again. Like, sorry, it was an accident. Like, of course, it's going to go back and forth. Yeah, Contra, you know, besides some of those other fighting games, you know, Contra was definitely one of those, like, main co-op games that, you know, it, it you really almost had to kind of learn to work together. I think it's probably, like, one of the first ones, you know. It's kind of almost like a, you know, maybe a predecessor to, you know, some, like, the Call of Duties and stuff like that, right. <laughs> almost. You know, it, it, it dealing with your guns and your special uh, ammo and stuff like that. Trying to, like, you know, it's supplement for your partner almost, too. I, I know definitely for me, my brother was into getting a spread gun. And um, I would do my best to get a spread gun. But I actually switched it to the machine gun because it did the rapid fire. So all I had to do was hold B, make sure that I jump right and duck right um, in the game. Um, I, I didn't like the laser and I didn't like the fire because I think it never helped the team, um, that me and my brother did, um, especially on level five or no level four, cause you're in a winter stage. And if you don't have a special weapon, there used to be like this little tank with the spikes that come. So you have to position yourself um, in certain areas, and you have to press the B button, like, like to like y'all, you, me and my brother, we would have to press the B button so much because we would like end up losing our weapons. And if you do not destroy that tank, it's an automatic death. Like it would come towards you. And if you did not make a change, like to the red, like deep red color, to make it explode, you were dead. Oh yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, it always seemed like the laser and the flamethrower were better if you were playing one player. But if you're playing two players, I mean, you got to watch each other's back. Like, uh, homing was my always big one. I mean, it sounds cheap, but, mm-hmm. you know, that homing was solid. You know, like, it, it, you know, a lot of it just kind of, like, seeks into to wherever. But it was so rapid enough that it was almost the same fire rate as a machine gun. But it actually, like, seeked out the, uh, you know, the bad guys, which was nice. Right. Um, 
definitely when you're trying to jump across the bridge on the first level. Like if you guys both are not running at the same time, you will make that first plan. Whoever's on the bridge, because um, it used to blow up after you get done, um, like jumping it. Uh, if you both are not moving at the same time, like working together, you will fall right into the river. Now you will not die, but you would think that to yourself, okay, if I, because if you have the training of the Mario brothers, that everything on the ground that doesn't seem right is a pit. So if you fall into the water, you would think that you would die, but in actuality, you didn't die. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I forgot about that. (laughs) <laughs> and and the, the thing with Contra with the third level which is a uh like a waterfall level um you had to time your jumps and you had to work together to go up the level cuz if you if you miss um some of the platforms that move left and right you were dead if another player is going up and you didn't catch with catch him if you're still at the bottom and he goes up you're automatic dead. So I feel like Contra is that game that that teach you to be like, look, you guys got to work together because if you do not work together, you're going to lose a life. And Contra was serious about it. One hit, one kill, that's it. No checkpoints. You were dead. Oh, yeah, start start all over. I mean, that's why they had 30 life codes in that one because <laughs> yeah, you almost needed all those lives if you were just kind of almost trying to play casually. Yeah, and and I think that um, if you if you if you got the experience of learning how to work with the team, you would be able to um, carry that to other games. Um, definitely, like Super C, you would be able to do it because Super C was a little bit easier. Um, I don't know what you think, uh, Ryan, about I Super Contra. Like, uh, yeah, Super Contra. It, yeah, it definitely was an easier game compared to, like, the original Contra, like, on Nintendo. Um, yeah, I mean, because it, it, Contra itself, yeah, just, yeah, that one-hit kill, I mean, all of it was just uh, uh, really just difficult to the max. I mean, you really had to, like, know what you were doing. Like, even to this day, I probably played that game a million times, and I still don't have, like, the patterns down. Because it, it, it always does kind of change slightly that if your mm-hmm. timing is just, like, a little bit off, like... You know, the bullets are still on their way. Chances are, I mean, if you're not doing it right, like, you're going to jump right into them, even. Like, it's even, you know, it, and it's always had that, like, level of difficulty to it. Yeah, because I, I know th- you had two options for uh, a lot of parts in the first Contra. Someone take the top, someone take the bottom, or you guys take the middle. Uh, um when you were doing the second and the fourth level, uh, you would be heading towards the screen, and you would have to shoot parts of the door that was red. So you had two options. Uh, with the, well, actually three options. You could shoot the barrels that's coming at the bottom if you see them, or you have to jump over them just in time. Um, while shooting the little door things that's shooting bullets at you, you have to you have to dodge that or you have to duck that. Or you had, and while shooting enemies too, um, you just really had to multitask. Um, one of the biggest ones though was when you had to hit the blocks that was covering the uh, the red buttons that you need to hit 
while the barrels are coming and sometimes the barrels will like release one after each other so you have to run and jump and if you do not have the mind frame to not press up you would get shocked by the electrical field that was right there so that would jack you up also and kill you like it, it would freeze you but it wouldn't like actually kill you and you would hear it like you like you was actually getting shot yeah, and uh, it, it just about every like contra game, like even the bosses are are brutal. Like it almost kind of makes you really pissed that there isn't like a, you know a way to fire like diagonally, yeah, like downward at least. Like a, a turtle boss, first boss in Super Contra. Like you know he shoots giant lasers from his mouth. He shoots uh, a small bullet that homes in on you, like from the point where you're trying to shoot. And then there's a head that you can shoot kind of like pulls back a little bit. Right. But he had something else too, like something come out of his back or something like that. Like so much to keep track of for, you know, just trying to shoot at like one point. It, 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 seemed, it seemed like that was almost kind of the, the cool thing about Contra, but also probably the most frustrating is that, it, yeah, like you said, like the multitasking, like you got to keep an eye on like 20 things, like just, not to get shot like let alone right. you know try to fight the guys like and, and, and you gotta realize that the bullets were white dots so yeah. like if you're on the level stage because the mountain part the mountain where the rocks are at was white if you did not see where the enemies were shooting at you would die just yeah, like just like under the background yeah now I can say this Contra 3 Re- Contra 3 is way harder than uh, Contra and Super C. Like, Super C is kind of easy. Contra 3, if you get to where you're on a motorcycle and you get to, like, the end boss, not only do you have to jump missiles to missiles while trying to hit, like, um, trying to hit the, uh, the spaceship or the enemy, <coughs> once the shield is broken, you have to keep continue to hop on different rockets that's right. coming on and while they're shooting rockets at you and it and if you miss a jump you're automatically dead and you only had about five or seven lives like there was no Konami code in it god I forgot about that oh that oh man that was having like flashbacks <laughs> that, oh god that missile level jumping yes. everywhere like even just to get to that point, like, there's, like, a little mini-boss, like, a ninja guy who kept, like, jumping around, using that grappling hook, grabbing on the helicopter yeah. before it fires off. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, there, there, you know, there goes, like, four lives right there in that whole, like, segment. Yeah, like, it's, oh. it's, um, and then, the, to make it even worse, you had to act, to get the true ending in Contra 3, um, you had to put it on hard, and you had yeah. to not only fight the uh, the boss in his regular form, you also had to get on a helicopter and shoot the boss that's the alien boss that's coming to get you. Right. And you had to also, you just had to defeat him and try to still, like, Ninja Gaiden is hard. You know, Ninja <laughs> Gaiden it, for the NES, one or two is completely hard. But Ninja Gaiden doesn't offer a co-op mode. Ninja Gaiden is just like, do not go back. Go for it. Because if you go back, I'm sending this ego again, and it's going to kill you. And I will make okay. sure 
that it would kill you because it it had the Konami no yeah it had the Castlevania slash Mega Man hit back on it. So if you got oh, hit, yeah. you will fall back. You know, um, but Contra Three is just like it's brutal. Hard version is brutal. God, it. I mean, it just easy mode was brutal. Like, I mean, like it, I played hard mode a couple times, just mm-hmm. you know, just for the fun of it. And God, like it, it, it almost made me regret doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like if this is you know, if I'm in charge of like saving the world, like these guys are, like eh, we're screwed because I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is so overly difficult. Like, ugh. Like yeah, I, I yeah, it was ridiculously hard, but you know, I guess it's part of what made it fun too. Is like the you know that challenge. You know, it's a you know it came from an era where ninety percent of the games was basically like Dark Souls. You know. <laughs> yeah, but I think it, it 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 was always fun having another player with you because you not only created memories, you guys are creating strategies and just know how to flow and work well together. Like if you like. Playing in an arcade is different than playing at home. Because if it's an arcade, you're playing with different skill levels. Well, at home, you could um, you could still play with different skill levels. But if you've been playing with one particular person who are who's good at video games, not only are you guys going to um, switch uh, you know tips and tricks and stuff, you both are going to train together to make sure that when you really want to play this game and get everything, get some good enjoyment, you guys are on the same level. And I think Konami is really good at doing that. Cannot compare it to games on online, you know, of this modern age. Because really with with a lot of modern games today, you kind of got to not, not only buy the map, excuse me, to play with them, you also got to worry about the online um, section even working. Like, trying to sign in Borderlands 2 with someone who has a different internet thing sometimes doesn't even work. Like you can't even get like two to three players and you just want to do the single player campaign. Yeah, exactly. Like, like that monstrosity. Like, and you know, it's a kind of like a lesser extent. Like I think we almost kind of got out of that. Cause there was a time where like, you know, I was always big on like unreal tournament, uh, playing on there and some of those servers, you know, they're run by people that are actually playing the game. So it's, you know, if you get people who's just causing trouble, like, you know, nowadays I know it runs rampant and just, you know, all the, the crap talking from like 12 year olds, like that just runs rampant. Cause like the people, you know, the people that are in charge of running the games are playing the games. Like, correct. Yeah. So it's a, so it's always hard to like, kind of like build that same kind of teamwork. If you're, you know, basically just playing with some guy that you just met and they probably don't have the same intentions of playing the game as you do. Yeah, there there is uh, a re- the React channel on YouTube, and they have where um, teens react to video games. And there is a section that they have kids playing the first level of Contra on <laughs> NES, and they die over <laughs> and over. And because Contra is based off your memor- memorization of it, or just reacting to things that's coming at you. People just, people just do not know how to play a game right, and it's just right. so weird watching. Just be like, "Are you serious?" Like, definitely when they started playing the Mega Man one, I was just so disappointed. Like, I literally had to hook up my GameCube and pop in the uh, Mega Man collection and play Mega Man one 
like even yeah, I had it on Wii U and stuff like that. But I'm just like, I I, I need to play some. I need to play this right now and just go through this game because I'm just ashamed at what I'm watching. Yeah, kids nowadays don't know the pain of like. Because I mean, that was a strategy back in the day. It's like you know, you learn the patterns. You know, nowadays it's uh, it's weird because it almost feels like it it should have gotten harder, but it hasn't. Like it's uh, the kids are almost kind of a little coddled in that way, where it's you know, like a Call of Duty, like you get shot like a million times, but you'll probably, you know, as long as you live, you'll be fine. You'll just heal it right back up in a few seconds. Plus, you get knifed, and then you're done. But <laughs> Right. And I, I think there's games now that's starting to do, like, co-op mode and um, the single-player campaign. Um, but everything is so it's just online, and I, I think there's still some online stuff. Like, it, it's not the online server sometimes. It's really um, what modem or Wi-Fi that you actually have. Because sometimes it... Yep. It just won't let you connect on it because there's some security thing, and then you got to be very technical and learn how to get it all so you can just play your game, and that's just too many steps. And people like me just don't have time for that. <laughs> I just want to go online. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's definitely a very different feel. Like we don't, you know, coach uh, couch co-op compared to online, you know, online multiplayer in general. Really, I mean, it's. You know, it's kind of cool to play with like random people out in the world, or maybe your friends that you don't get to see. But you know, none of that's gonna compare to you know basically being sit next to a guy like you know playing with them, trying to figure out how to beat the game, or even like you know it, you know competitive style like you know crap talking back and forth. Right. You know, it, it's it's you know it's nothing's gonna beat that really. You can't you can't call the swap you can't swap nobody if you're on the couch you got to you got to take your beatings and you cannot draw the controller get mad or get angry where I feel like online you could do it easy like you could just drop out and you don't care about your score or anything like that because you're not winning exactly um, so it's more fun that way too I mean like you know even uh, you know John O'Hagan and all our friends like back in the day playing like WrestleMania 2000 on N64. You know we yes. all had our own characters. All yes. had you know we had a bunch of title belts and we'd just be basically just shit talking like back and forth. So it'd be like you know it's a you know put up your belt you pussy like you know <laughs> the, the, the THQ wrestling games and even though this doesn't have nothing to do with Konami, the THQ wrestling games on N64 were amazing. They they were just so good. So good. Um, Mario Kart is still well. Double Dash actually for GameCube is still my favorite like co-op game because um, I love drifting. I love switching characters and popping fuss with bread shells. <laughs> That's just me. Um, but this next section is we're going to talk about is Konami's arcade dominance, and um. When you definitely when you go to the arcade, you're like I was talked about earlier, you were gonna have different skill sets. But there was something about Konami's like brawlers that were really big that really made Konami's name historic. <clears throat> so the first one that I wanna talk about, um, and you probably uh would love this one. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. The first arcade game that uh, me and my brother and a bunch of randoms uh, actually all beat together. Uh, one of the few times that my dad actually took us to the arcade, uh, I remember it was like basically when it first came out, and 
you know, me and my brother started playing it because, you know, it's four players. It was, of course, yes. you know, one for each turtle. It was amazing. And we, you know, we all kept, uh, you know, like, oh, I'm out of quarters. I got any more quarters. Okay, I'm going to drop in, you know, and somebody else would take over. And then somebody else would run out of quarters and have to go get more. So, you know, it's and it was almost kind of like tagging in and out that way. And, yeah, all together, we, we all uh, all beat it together. Sometimes, it's a great accomplishment. Sometimes, because there was, like, some other, like, some of the arcade games that were in um, here in the Midwest, in my area, there was a, a arcade place called Aladdin's Castle at our local mall, Lakers, and yeah. Turtles, uh, Turtles, and uh, uh, the arcade game was in there. And the way that they had uh, Aladdin's Castle designed was it was two rooms. Uh, way in the back, you had the pinball games. Up front, you had the hot arcade games. It's something like the big, like, uh, like outrun, like you could, you know, get into the booth and kind of ride it. But in the room on next to it, you had all the weird Japanese games. So um, you would get like um, something from like Data East. Or something from our rim, or Tushi Tushiaga, or some some weird Japanese name, and they would be like twenty five. Uh, they would be actually tokens, um, and our tokens were for Aladdin's Castle, like uh, or, uh, a gold looking token, six sided um, hex, hexagon. I think hexagon shape. I think so. Something um, like that. Uh, hexagon shape, and they would have. Um, uh, genie lamp in the middle on each side or i think it said like aladdin's castle and then it had like the genie lamp um on there um i don't know if you also remember that downstairs in uh at our local mall another arcade place opened up and it was by bando namco well it was namco at that time yeah and they yeah, I, think they were, I think they were both namco actually i think because i think uh lad's castle was owned by namco too if i remember correctly i don't think so because aladdin castle had been there in the 80s namco didn't come there it's close to 92 93 because they was that's yeah because that namco um uh, uh sorry for the little tangent that namco was the only one that carried battletoads the arcade game uh yeah. <laughs> and so now and then you also had um um you had Mortal Kombat one versus Super Street Fighter two versus King of Fighters. What? Why, yeah. I I don't remember seeing that one. Uh huh. Because Street Fighter Super Street Fighter was in front of uh when you went in. Um, and it would be on the big screen, but Mortal Kombat would be on this regular cabinet and way kind of like on the left side of the of Nelco used to be the SNK games because their Nelco uh, the Nelco arcade place was bigger than Aladdin's Castle. Yeah, because I think they got a bigger. Uh, oh, okay. Here, uh, I just Wikipedia it here. Uh, yeah, uh, Namco. Yeah, so Namco bought a Lens Castle. Oh wait. Oh yeah, it's yeah because uh yeah there were Bandai Namco at the time too. What was that place called? Cyber Station. I don't was know. It? it just had Namco on it. Yeah, yeah. Cause remember they had Namco everywhere on that one. Uh, yeah, because it looks like Namco bought the Atari games, renamed it Namco. Blah 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 blah. Uh. Oh, okay. So Lance Castle was originally Bailey, uh, but then okay. Namco bought it. 
Okay, then don't go bother. Okay. Um, <laughs> but getting back to the... Oh, and Cyber Station. Oh, mention right here. Yeah, it is Cyber Station. So Cyber they, Station? Uh, okay. Yeah, so they, they had both. So Oh, cool. Because um, I know... Because um, I think they ended up... Last Castle stayed open for a while. I think until the mall ended up closing. I think so too. I, uh, to my knowledge, I think both did, but I could be could be wrong because yeah. after it kind of started dying out a little bit, like I I didn't make a lot of trips out there. But I I love Lakehurst Mall. Lakehurst Mall was amazing. Yeah, like I'm sad it's gone now, but the uh, yeah, that was such a great mall. And I love the fact that um, after uh, right next to uh, me and my sister was talking about this, I was just like the Garo place right next to Atlantis Castle. It used to be the big restaurant, and it, it looked at brown. And they had the gyro meat rotated, and you would just see them sliding it off. That's right. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, it was right there. Because I remember oh. my dad used to eat there all the time. So, like, he'd be like, all right, I'm going to go get the food real quick. You, uh, you guys play. Best gyros <laughs> and cheeseburgers in the world. Like, just seeing it, like. Like like cooking and them just cutting the meat off and they used to give you the those little red baskets and you got like fries and the cups used to be red and it was weird because it looked as small for the little kitchen but the restaurant was like super big yeah and I vaguely remember that like yeah oh but um back to the, uh, the Ninja Turtles <laughs> um. It was a four-player arcade game, and during when the game came out, um, 1989, I believe, um, you know, Turtles was big. Just the car- the cartoon exploded. So the cartoon, of course, that's the merchandises, um, and I personally didn't know that it was a comic. Oh, yeah. it's a, I've seen some of the comics, and uh, it's a little – some of it's actually a little gritty, too, actually. Yeah. Well, it like, was – it it was weird because I because I uh, I I don't know where you were able to buy it because when it comes to comics or anything during that time during eighty nine I was into buying like electronic gaming monthly and game pro like my thing was video game magazines and they didn't sell um they didn't sell it at Walgreens I never knew where a comic shop was at in my area like I didn't I think. The first comic shop that I went to was in Vernon Hills. Um, there's another city close to, to me, like 30 minutes. And I didn't start going to that one probably until 2006. Talking about Dreamland? Yes. Yeah, and yeah, Dreamland's been there, jeez, like forever. And it's funny, too, because like even back in the day, like uh, I was kind of the same issue. Was, I, you know, the comic books I usually got were the ones they sold at, like Walgreens or Kmart or yeah. wherever it was around, like. You know, I, it didn't even occur to me at that age that I should just go to a comic store and actually look at, like, a selection. Because if I did, I would probably buy up every Ninja Turtles comic there was. Because uh, I, I finally got, like, a my brother and I got, like, a trade from somewhere where it was, like, a bunch of them. And it was pretty interesting. Like, you know, like, Krang from the cartoon series. Uh-huh. Like, he, he's actually, like, part of a species. Like, uh, there's more that are just, like, brain people. Like, that particular and they're called the krang and like you know krang himself like in the cartoon series he was just like one bad guy like right krang yeah but there's like a whole like species of them that the neutrals actually like helped at one point and uh there's a part where like like every you know all the neutrals were like actually after each other for some reason 
yeah. been years since I read it. So, but yeah, it, it's pretty weird. And I, uh, I, I know the arcade game, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the arcade game. It, um, it was the first one um, that I could re- uh, remember that did like four player like beat them up. It used and each turtle that you had their their weapon um, dictated <laughs> their strength and their power. Um, most of them had like I think you got like ten energy bars, and it would go like from like purple to like white. And every time you got a hit or we uh, took so many hits, it would go down. Um, it did a lot of cool things. And I know a lot of people um, who played the game wanted to play Leonardo because uh, he was the leader. Um, Donatello was okay and Michelangelo was okay. Um, a lot of people just didn't like Raphael. So a lot of people got, you know, who was stuck with Raphael to kind of, um, didn't like it, and we're gonna get into the sequel, so don't worry. Uh, Turtles in Time. Um, yeah, but I think I think in the original one, they, they were all you know they all the they all worked at the same speed, you know everything yeah. like that. All attacks have the same speed, and all the same strength. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, Turtles in Time they actually kind of separated. So I think Raph was like was quicker on his attack because he had smaller yes. weapons. Uh-huh. Donatello I think uh, had was a little more stronger. But he was slower. Butter range and stuff too. Yeah, yeah, he was slower. And like the way Leonardo, it should have been. Leonardo yeah. was like uh, basic, and Michelangelo, uh, he was powerful, but uh, you know his attacks were kind of weird and stuff like that. Oh, we're we're we'll get into turtles of time. <laughs> um, going back to the arcade game, though, um, I believe it had like seven. It had seven levels. So. Um, you would start off start off trying to rescue April O'Neil, um, and then you would fight going to the streets. Um, you would fight Rockstead, uh, Rocksteady first, um, and then you would fight Bebop in the second level while you was on the street. Um, and then it just goes through like different characters from the TV series. And the look of the turtles had like um, the animation of the of the cartoon. Um, you know, they looked a little bit goofy, a little bit comical. Um, you also would get like Pizza Hut. Um, you would have to dodge. You would have to dodge signs that would fall along you. Uh, the Foot Clan came in different colors, not like the cartoon one. I think the cartoon one they only had the purple Foot Soldiers. Um, and the game they had uh, purple, yellow, white, red, and blue. Um, I think you fought Baxter Stockman in this one too. I believe so. Um, yeah, but, I think he was one of the boss, one of the later bosses. Yeah, um, and th- this one at the end, uh, spoiler alert: um, those who got to Shredder, um, he was split. So you would kind of try to find out who's the real uh, Shredder, and you would never know. But if you had four players, you were able to fight different uh, Shredders, and. Uh, you will see that every time you defeated one, that real shredder will multiply it again. Um, his helmet would come off, and once his helmet came off, then you know you was close to beating him. Um, I know Craig was kind of uh, Crane was kind of one of the hardest ones to beat because his hit detection was actually in the middle of his stomach. It was actually him, you know, the brain. Oh. Um, and you couldn't like do normal attacks. You really had to jump kick. And because um, the plane was 3D, 
but you were still on the like uh your view was still 2d like a, a like a sh- uh like a regular beating up uh brawler um but you would have to kind of match your shadow with cranes and make sure that you time your jump because he could actually knock you out the air while you come to do your drop kick yeah he was uh i'm trying to think what was the uh the boss i was comparing him to like uh simpsons arcade i think actually the i think it's the first boss like the big like wrestler dude like i yeah, think they the basically use like this same like AI, I think, was like Krang's from uh, from that, and uh, I just remember thinking like, what a frustrating boss to have for like the first one because he's basically Krang, and it, Krang could be, you know, if you just happen to start your jump at just the wrong time and he does like his attack, like, you know, you lose. <laughs> it was yeah. so terrible. And oh. we're gonna get into the Simpsons too. <laughs> also, um, who was your favorite turtle in uh, the arcade game, or? Um, Give us some background or some history about with you with the turtles and uh, the gang. Uh, I know you uh, mentioned. Well, I mean, I know you mentioned your brother, but just dive yeah, in. We, yeah, we. Uh, I think yeah, both my bro, uh, my brother and I, like we were always big like Ninja Turtles. Like my mom actually made us like Ninja Turtle costumes for Halloween one year. It was pretty badass. Um, yeah, Donatello was always my favorite. So of course I'd always be him. Like you know the original Nintendo game. Like uh, you know that extra. You know, the extra range on that. Like, uh, yeah, I think I was just always Donatello in all those games. Like, I don't really think it even, like, mattered to me that it really made no difference who you played as, especially, like, the original arcade game. But, uh, yeah, uh, Donatello was awesome. Like, I, you know, I was just kind of the nerd. He was kind of the nerd of the Ninja Turtles. So it's, uh, you know, connected in that way. (laughs) It it was weird because... uh... Um, since Nintendo had like a uh, kind of five game per company, like that kind of thing, so um, not it went uh, too, too many games would have come out. They uh, Konami actually made a side uh, company called Archer Games. So in the arcade, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, came out um, by Konami, but Archer Games produced the NES version. And added two levels. Um, when they had the dog, the white dog, and so the frost level, that wasn't in the arcade game. That one was um, uh, for the NES. And the after you beat the robot, um, before because in arcade you still had to beat the robots. Uh, no, not the robots. You had to beat the uh, rock soldiers. You had to beat them. Um, once you beat them. Uh, in the arcade game, you went to the Technodrome, but in the NES version, you went to some dojo and had to fight a like this Kabuki master because oh. bamboo was coming through the ground. And then you, right. after you, yeah, after you beat him, you went to the Technodrome. Okay, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, yeah, because I remember did, uh, playing both versions, and I did forget about that. That some of those levels weren't in there. Did yeah, I he... guess it was always kind of like one of the things that Konami was good for, too, is like, you know, they had their arcade editions, but they almost really wanted you to play the console versions at that yes. time because it's, uh, you know, it, it they always kind of threw in like little bonuses like that. Do you remember um, the level that you're on the skateboard and you're beating like the helicopters and watching out for uh, everything? That was kind of like almost a bonus. But, um, 
you would get to one part where you're uh, just on the street, fighting on the street, and whatever boss that you um, that you defeated, that that run, the, whatever turtle got the last hit off of that boss, April O'Neil would come up and kiss them, and it would be like a little cutscene. Oh yeah. Did you ever get it? Oh man, I don't remember. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I definitely I didn't beat Turtles in the arcade. So actually, it came to Chuck E. Cheese. Ah, <laughs> yeah, oh, I love Chuck E. So, um, I actually beat it because uh, I had a lot of tokens and stuff. And Chuck E. Cheese also, like with your report card, that I, depending on how many A's you got, you got like extra tokens. So I would get like extra tokens for all for every A, and I was the kind of person that's like very generous. That if you ran out of tokens, but we needed your help, I would just use my like report card tokens to be like, "Get back in the game, we need you," and I would do my best. And I and when I got to the point that I was able just to continue, you know, putting the tokens in and beating the game and stuff, and I was really happy for that. Um, yeah, I didn't beat that game until I got to like Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> uh, I wish Chuck E. Cheese was still like that because uh, you know they don't have the same arcade games anymore than uh, Chuck E. Cheese. But uh, uh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So uh, Turtles, uh, the sequel, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Turtles in Time, was coming out by the time the third movie was coming out because they didn't bring another game out. Um. um it was the arcade game uh, before the first movie. Um, and then the second movie came out. And then when Turtles in Time, the arcade game, oh no, Turtles, yeah, Turtles in Time, when that arcade game came out, I think the movie had just came out because um, this had the Turtles going to different time periods. Um, and this one was a little bit more technical. It was a little bit more advanced. So, of course, it's you and the Turtles again trying to stop Shredder. Um, but this time, you were able to not only run into the foot soldiers, you were able to throw them out the screen, um, which was really cool. Like, you would grab them and swing them around. You will be able to uh, uh, kind of throw them with your foot, like fall on your back and throw them with the foot. Um, you were able to run, do like a flip and slide to hit them. Um, you were able to grab them, the foot soldiers by the hand and switch them back and forth. And you would see the ground like shake and stuff. Um, this one, uh, since you were going to different time periods, um, they had one level that um, you were in the future. You had to fight Crane, so you was on these hovercrafts. So you were you would be going just like Contra. If anyone remembers uh, what I was talking about earlier, um, how you're heading towards the screen, um, like like you're, like that perspective, like you're heading towards it. You would have to do that as a bonus kind of thing, and then it would switch. And while you're still on the uh, while you're still on the hovercrafts. Um, you would have to fight Crane while he's on a missile, like he's on, like on a rocket. That's right. Yeah, I'm looking up some pictures here too. Like, uh, yeah, was it a final boss when you're fighting Shredder? Like he's like firing lasers from like at you, and like all you see yeah. is the back of his head, yeah. and he can actually 
throw the foot soldiers at him, and that was like you're attacking him. Which was weird. God, because, which was weird because at the end you fight Shredder. Um, you'll be back in New York, and you're fighting by. Uh, there's no last level. Um, it's just like the final level is uh, fighting Shredder on uh, right by uh, the Statue of Liberty. Um, and he, if you've seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two. Uh, Secret of the Ooze, he has that look to him as a boss. And he used to be, he was like powerful. Like, if you think of M. Bison from Street Fighter 2, um, think of him as a harder person like that. Like, he didn't he didn't make copies of him no more. He was actually going around um, making it hard for you to hit them. Right. Oh. Yeah. Um, I think game. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, People who own the 360 and the PS3, they did or Ubisoft did a reshell version. Um, that's what they called it, and it was basically like a reskin of the arcade version, like a remake. Yep, that's it. Um, it was four players. It was four players in the arcade, just like the first one. Um, but it came to the Super Nintendo, and the Super Nintendo version is considered as the better version. Reason being is that the Super Nintendo version, even though it was only two players, you had um, a, a longer life. Um, you would be, be able to select lives, but you also could play the Turtles as their comic book versions. Really? Cause I'm trying, oh, yeah, because I guess they, they yeah. were kind of like model them, but more like the comic book versions. Yeah, so the regular version, they were they were drawn a little bit better. They weren't uh, they weren't as crudely drawn like uh, the arcade one, um, but their skin was darker and they didn't have no eyes. They only had like white people like their eyes was yeah. white with the mask on. Um, and of course, their weapons um, determine their speed and their uh, power. Um, Donatello was actually the best one because he had better reach. Um, the way that he would reach out with the bow, stick him, and then he would uh, like do a little spin with his bow thing, uh, bow thing with his bow to hit enemies. Uh, he was like the best one out of the whole group. Um, uh, I did beat it at the arcade maybe uh two thousand and eight, <laughs> two thousand nine. Um I think I beat it at Galloping Ghost. No, if I did it at Galloping Ghost, I didn't beat it to like two thousand eleven. Or the yeah, ar- the arcade I, version. Let's see. Yeah, cause I, Remember only playing the arcade version once, but I did have it on Super Nintendo. And yeah, that's right. I know we beat that one. Yeah, yeah. I know we, uh, my brother and I beat it on that one, maybe once or twice. I know. I totally play the because yeah. I know I beat it with my next door neighbor, and this is the funny story with me. I beat it with my next door neighbor when he got his Super Nintendo, and we beat it over and over again. And, and I didn't have a Super Nintendo, so when I actually got my Super Nintendo for Christmas. Uh, Turtles in Time was the first art, first video game that I got, and I, even though I had beat it so many times, uh, when I got it, I started to be you know being it by myself, and I got so good that I put it on like the hardest difficulty, and I would beat it with Raphael every time. Nice. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, that would be. Yeah, I, I think one no Streets of Rage two is the only other game. Streets of Rage two is weird because. 
I was so good at that game and was so bored at home. Um, I beat it on every level with one character. So I put it on like very like even I even did the code even didn't do the stage so that I mean I had like nine lies I did that one, um but I knew where all the extra lies were at, and then I would play as as skate and go through each each uh difficulty um to beat that game I like I think I spent like two whole hours beating that game, <laughs> so um. Yeah, uh, anything for Turtles in Time? I know I've been talking too much. Uh, we've covered just about everything. Okay. It's amazing. If you, if, if anyone listening here who has not played Turtles in Time, like, what's wrong with you? Seriously. Like, right. go figure out some way of playing it. Go to our, you know, find an arcade. Uh, it, you know, at this point, I guess you have to emulate it to find it because I think it's one of those that if you try like look up on eBay, it's probably like 60 bucks or uh. something. But yeah, it, for the love of gaming, play that game. And it sucks that because um, Platinum is releasing the game for Xbox. I think Xbox One and PS4, um, and Activision has the uh, license. Ah, uh, Activision. No. Hey, they said. Well, that's an, that's another story because. Uh, <laughs> Because Konami used to own a lot of the well-known TV and movie and like a lot of the properties, um, <laughs> X Men, Simpsons, uh, the uh, Ninja Turtles, um, like they had that on lock. Uh, of course, Capcom they had some licenses too, like Alien vs Predator, um, Cadillac and Dinosaurs, um, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, like they had their own kind of beat 'em ups also, um, but you could always tell the different styles with Capcom games and with um, Konami game brawlers. Because Capcom, you see, they art they they have a specific art style for each of them, and they always had that yellow bar for uh, for their energy. Um, and they didn't really do four player ones. I think a two maybe. A little bit later, like after final fight, like uh, I think, like I know Dungeons and Dragons is four player, and uh, uh, kind of like a dinosaurs is four player. Um, they did Bionic Commando, but I think that's three player. That might be four also. They just did that stuff, that stuff, like a little bit later on. Um, but this is not about Capcom. This is about Konami. <laughs> um, the next game that I want to talk to that we talked a little bit about earlier is The Simpsons. And uh, anyone who knows uh, Retronauts, uh, go back and listen to one of their podcasts. They do, uh, they do a discussion about Konami's arcade games, um, and they talk about the licensed properties. Um, the thing with Konami is, every time they brought out their game, they would do the art style that that game or that TV uh, that TV show came from or comic book came from. So if you look at um, The Simpsons, it looks like the cartoon show. Um, oh yeah, and with um, The Simpsons, you were able to um, not only play as Marge, Lisa, Bart, and Homer, um, you were able to tag up with your character and be able to do attacks to run around. So um, if you're Bart and Lisa, you guys could um, grab hands and run around and hit enemies. Um, if you were Homer and Bart, you or Homer and Lisa, I think you would pick up Lisa and put them on the head, and she would hit like do attack with her jump rope, which was weird because 
um, Homer used his fist and it was able to jump in the air and drop kick people like a do a downward drop kick. And even though he's fat and can't get up, no disrespect to any anybody big. As I look at my special guest, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Bart um, was on a skateboard. Um, March had a vacuum cleaner. I don't know why. Um, and Lisa was attacking with a jump rope. I wanted her to attack with a uh, with her uh, trumpet, um, not trumpet, uh, saxophone. Yeah. Sure she, that was her thing. But she used to hit her, uh, people with her jump rope. And they used to, and they had to save uh, Maggie, who had a diamond and sucking on the diamond like it was a pacifier um, uh, from. Um, cannot think of his name yeah uh, mr burns mr. like burns. yeah he uh he just yeah. like steals it or something at that point and yeah maggie grabs it like it's it's kind of because the whole story of it i mean you can kind of tell that you know it it probably was originally like uh okay given to you know uh, you know konami in japan like all right here's the characters from the game here's a vague idea of what's really going on like here's the intro of it uh make a game <laughs> it was kind of almost yeah. like like uh, like that like we'll we'll throw out some voices later just you know kind of throw something together here but it almost kind of worked actually i mean it, it it was okay that it didn't feel like it was any sort of canon whatsoever yeah because yeah i mean it was so much fun i mean like okay so you know lisa probably could have had her saxophone but she had a jump rope I mean, why would Marge fight with a vacuum cleaner? But she did, and you know, it 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 didn't keep me from enjoying it any less. No. You know, like nowadays I think about it, it's thinking really weird. But back, you know, even nowadays, like I, my wife and I played it before we got married, like uh, seven years ago, and we beat the whole game, like at uh, Nickel City. Yes, <laughs> yes, I did too. I did that. Um, and the thing with it was that. Um, the Simpsons has a weird level design. Um, you would start in the street of Springfield, and when you got to the boss, she was on the bridge, and you were fighting a wrestler. Um, uh, for me, I started off with the bowling ball that was in it, and I would throw the bowling ball on him. Um, if you press B, uh, attack and jump, um, even in Ninja Turtles, me and my brother call it shellacking. Um, so, uh, before we go back on the Simpsons, uh, get more on the Simpsons, in the Ninja Turtles, um, instead of doing a regular three-hit attack, if you sh- uh, hit the attack and jump button, you would do a special move that would automatically kill the uh, Foot Clan. And you would do, like, a jump swipe, which is called a shellacking. Um, so, you were able to do stuff like that in the Simpsons also. Um, you were able to hit trees and like fruit would come out. And if you hit this tree or whatever too many times, there used to be a rabbit that came out with a sign that would be like, okay, you already got the stuff. Move on. Nothing is here. <laughs> so, right. So after you beat the wrestler, um, you would, uh, got it to a bonus level where you had to, uh, if you have all four players, the first one to get a air, uh, balloon of their face to fly off 
would be the winner who would get bonus points. And depending on who was all playing, if you had less than four people, like if you only had one person, it was you versus three enemies. So if you got your balloon up quicker than the, uh, than the uh, enemies, you would float up, but the enemies' um, balloons would pop and they would fall down on the ground. And they were like, the enemies were dressed up as businessmen. Um, and one of the enemies were, uh, 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 they were like in a suit. Um, it used to be like a tall man. And then there was like a baby looking with this big suit thing. I think they were one of the bosses. Um, you would land into a amusement park, um, and go through that area. Uh, uh, when you, you would also fight bunnies and, uh, the bunnies in there. But when you got to the end of it, you was on like a pier at an amusement park for some unknown reason. And you would fight Krusty the Clown, but he was a big balloon that had hands that would smack you and hit you. So you would have to hit Krusty the Clown so many times that, you know, it would poof off and everything. And when you actually defeat him, um, uh, you know, you would jump up as a family, but the balloon would destroy the pillar and you will fall down into the wood. So when you're into the woods, you had to fight like ghosts and zombies and stuff like that. Um, and then when you got to the end of it, I think you had to fight. You, you had to fight another ghost. Um, but you know there uh, there were zombies that were still coming to you know get you and stuff. So you would go underneath this grave, kind of find out that the grave led you into Moe's Bar, I believe. Um, so you will fight uh, a boss in the bar. You will go through that kind of level, but something but um, somehow you ended up uh, going up into a mountain. Um, fighting through the mountain, you will uh, fight a bear at the end. When you beat the bear, um, you see uh, Maggie on some kind of log still sucking. So you would jump in the water and fall do the waterfall and when you land depending on who all was playing if you got four player all four of you guys will be laying on the ground and you enter a dream sequence so what was cool about it is that you were the only color in the whole game and everything else was monochrome as black white and gray and you fought a bowling ball at the end of that level when you defeated that, um, you would actually be to the plant where Mr. Burns is at, and then you would, uh, uh, the, um, then you know you fight that. So um, that was the. I'm sorry, everybody, if I ruined you, but that was the sequence of The Simpsons. Um, I have to ask you once again: Who was your character in that game? Oh man, I think uh, I think that one I played just about as everybody. I mean, um, I think it was also another one too, where I think they kind of dabbled in the whole, like, you know, characters have different range and stuff like that. Yes. Um, I think, uh, yeah, because Bart, I think, was always the fastest, and I think I kind of played with him mostly, but, um, I mean, even Marge was good, because Marge had the range. Right. And Lisa was kind of like a good balance, and, uh, yeah, I, Homer was good. But, you know, he was so limited on his range compared right. to everybody else. But, yeah, I mean, it's I think I played just about everybody multiple times on that one. 
Yeah, I know Lisa was my favorite. I used to play. I used to play as Bart, but then I switched to Lisa. Um, I just couldn't take March with the with the um, vacuum cleaner. I don't know. <laughs> it, it, that was just so weird. Um, but yeah, uh, Lisa was my character. Um, anything else about the census? Did I say too much? Uh, yeah, I think you covered just about everything on that one. Like, I actually uh, had to go look up some pictures just to try to remind myself of some of those levels too. And oh yeah, let's talk about Mister Burns in the robot suit. I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he was like the last one. It was weird that the Simpsons never came to consoles almost until the PS three three sixty. Like, I think two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. It they released the game for um the PSN, but it's not on there. I don't think it's on there anymore. Yeah, that game never came, which was weird. So Konami was able to make the arcade game, but when it came to consoles, the sensors belonged to uh, a clay. Yes. And I think also at the time too, because that was also a period where, you know, like nowadays, like, you know, we got Xbox and PlayStation and all those, and, you know, those play games that, you know, like it, you back in the day, you had to go to arcades to get like right. that quality of game. Like it's, you know, it's just the, the requirements to run a game like that, you know, it, it would run on a Super Nintendo. It would run on a Sega Genesis, you know, like it, it, you needed at least like PS3 worth of power to be able to run that efficiently. Right. They had a different, uh, they had a chipboard before. Um, and the way that those boards were like arcade games were designed, you can never put those in like on a console, like the, the chips and stuff just wouldn't fit. Right. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of the, I guess a lot of the death of the arcade, I will say the death of arcades because they're not dead, but it's definitely not the same anymore. Um, you know, a lot of that came when it's like, you know, maybe like PS2 and Xbox, like to yeah. a certain extent. But I think as soon as like we hit like PS3 and 360 era, it, it was kind of one of the final nails, you know. Uh, you know, I think most places now they try to resurrect the feeling, but, you know, there's not going to be anything new really arcade wise that, you know, that you're going to play that you can't play on a console now. Right. Well, they have made Street Fighter 4 into an arcade game. Someone took a PS3 version and uh, built the arcade cabinet and actually did uh, artwork for it and, you know, had the sticks and stuff. They did a really good job, though. Yeah, it's... uh That and Mortal Kombat uh, 9, they did. That's right, yeah. I think... um. I think in Japan, I think, I mean, arcades are so much bigger in Japan, too. Yes. I mean, the, the, I, I was just reading that they're doing, like, a whole, like, uh, was it, uh, Dissidia, uh fighting game Final in fight, Japan. Final Fantasy, yeah. Yeah, so they're getting ready to do that. Uh, you know, I think, uh, I think if you really want to go get a good idea of, like, what arcades used to be like, you almost have to go to Japan. I mean, nowadays you can kind of find some, like, retro bars and stuff like that, but, right. uh, yeah. Yeah, um, moving on to one of the most well-known, recognizable games, and this was a new one for me, um, X-Men. Uh, so they, uh, the cartoon, of course, in the comic was big, but because of the cartoon being on Fox and everybody knowing the theme song, randomly have that song playing in my head, like, <laughs> randomly throughout my entire life. Yeah, um, 
of course, everybody wanted to play uh, Wolverine. This was the first, to me, this was the first two-screen, six-player arcade cabinet. Now, they did do a two-player, and they did do a four-player, but I always seen, like, the six-player cabinet uh, for it. And they would just have two screens covering both of the whole section. Um, And uh, you just play, like, six different X-Men characters, um... And it was fun. I, I have no problem with it. I didn't beat it until 2013 at Galloping Ghost. Um, yeah, I I don't remember ever beating it myself. And I got a note, too. Like, it's a good thing you're talking to me and not my brother. Because if you're talking to my brother about this game, uh-huh. he would just be yelling and doing the Colossus special attack, like, <laughs> over and over and over again. Because that was his thing. Like, <laughs> like but, yeah. But he would lose time. energy for that. Yeah, it's a. I mean, they all did, but yeah. I mean, Chris will just yell in the mic like every five seconds because he just <laughs> thought it was the most hilarious thing that there possibly could be in a game. Yeah, um, uh, it was good. Um, I really can't remember anything from the X Men game. I don't know about you or anything like that. I remember it's one of the first ones that they used like multiple screens to make it work. Yeah, and it was one of those that. They successfully did it. Cause I know if there's a very few games that tried doing it and it never really quite worked correctly. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a, it, there wasn't any games at that point that you could play like six players all at the same time. Like, how many right. games were there that could do that? Like, and it was weird like, because I can only think that one. it was weird because I've never seen six players play that game at the same time. Like, I have like, never, I've never I seen it. There's a in Lake Geneva. There was like a really like old school arcade several years ago. It's not there anymore. I can't okay. remember what it was called, but uh, they had one there. And there was maybe I mean it was kind of a small joint, but besides like me, my brother, like all our friends and stuff, like there's probably like five of us. There's probably only like maybe ten people max besides us in there. Oh, and wow. you know, and there was plenty else to do, but yeah, I think as soon as like two people start playing it, then all of a sudden we had like three, four. I mean, we we played six players on that at one point. Uh, it gets pretty nuts <laughs> with six yeah. players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it kind of almost reminds you like why most games top out at four. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Konami also had their own games. So Sunset Riders was one of them. Um. Konami did bring that to the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, and they're both different. Um, they have some some similar similar things to the arcade, but they're but the console versions are somehow completely different. Um, Metamorphic Force, and this was one of their brawlers that um, you started as a human, and once you get like this gold kind of angel, you would turn into a beast, and you would. Uh, uh, that beast would go on a rampage, and that's how you would do your attack. Um, Crime Street was one of their beat 'em up games. Run and Gun was their only sports uh, basketball game that came to the arcade. And Run and Gun was is that um, anyone who had a PlayStation Run, you might remember the game called In the Zone. That was Konami's. Uh, one and what it was that you will run towards the screen, um, another one of those contra two kind of level screens. You will run towards the screen, and you will take your shot and make the shot and or whatever. When you did it, the whole thing will rotate so that the other team is going the other way. 
it was it wasn't a side scroller. It was like all kind of like facing, and most of the players on it were white. They might have a little bit of black people. Um, it wasn't an NBA license thing. Um, this was after NBA Jam came out. Because NBA Jam and Run and Gun was his only basketball games that came out to the arcade. And Arch Rivals. But Arch Rivals was way like in the 80s before NBA Jam and Run and Gun. You can check it's it out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah you'll, that you'll look at it and be like, oh, wow. Because In the Zone was my first uh, uh, PS1 game that I got besides the demo disc. <laughs> so, um, uh, and one of their their only fighting game that came to the arcade um, was called Martial Champions. And um, there used to be a place called Fun Harbor here in um in North Chicago and it was on a big screen and the sprites were super big. If you remember the game Bruce Lee for or whatever that Bruce Lee game was for the Turbo Graphics where the like the sprites are just super big, that's how Martial Champions were was. Like the energy is kind of small but it had it had a certain kind of art style to it. Um anyone who played Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, tournament fighters for the Super Nintendo, not the Sega Genesis version, the Super Nintendo version. That art style that's in that game was what it what was in Martial Champions. Um, that's right. Okay, so yeah, now I know what you're talking about. I had to think about that. Like it sounded familiar, but yeah, I for, yeah I remember it because yeah, the the art style was the same. Yeah, and I when I played Martial Champions, they never taught you the special moves. She's just like, what in the world is... This is when um, the fighting game craze was the biggest thing. Because you not only had Primal Rage, you had Killer Instinct, you had Tekken, you had Virtual Fighter, you had Soul Edge. It was called Soul Edge. It wasn't called Soul Calibur. Um, you had Street Fighter, you had Samurai Showdown, Fatal Furry, um, um, uh, world fight fighter worlds what you had a lot of snk fighters like a lots of them um world heroes that's what it was you had world heroes um tattoo assassins didn't make it out um but you had um uh time fighters i think um, where you were able to cut their limbs and stuff off and decapitate time them. killers, I think. Time killers, think that's what it killers, is. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bloodstorm was out. Um, let's see, Killer Instinct one and two, Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat four, Mortal Kombat two, three, and four came out to the arcades. Um, Mortal Kombat three was like the dial the combo ones. Uh, the games that you kind of play now with the Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat three was that kind of style. Um, what else am I forgetting? Um, I mean, there, there was a ton at that time. I mean, there was a bunch of like did make like I remember there was like like this random game uh, like Knuckleheads, and it yeah. was like kind of like yeah like a, a how that work. I remember it because it was one of the first ones that was kind of like a Street Fighter style almost kind of like a samurai showdown a little bit yeah uh but there was it actually had like a like a, a four a foreground a background a jump back and forth yeah you could do that with four players too i remember oh, like it would really? be like two on two or something like that uh, i only played it like once like it's some like water park and uh 
Palatine, I think. I forget where it was. I know Dark Starkers was a big one. Marvel Schools. Yeah. Um, Marvel vs. Cap. Well, the uh, uh, Marvel Fighting Game they came out with because you used to be like Wolverine or Spider Man or uh, and all those characters. It didn't really Don't take. Adam. Yeah, Capcom versus Marvel uh, Two was a big one. Um, Capcom versus Marvel Three didn't came to consoles before someone made a like little arcade game. I remember it coming to consoles first before um, uh, they did like arcade board. But Capcom versus Marvel Two was like super big, like super huge. Um, you had Street Fighter Alpha and that series, uh, Street Fighter Third Strike. Um, oh my goodness! Just a lot of like, like the way that um, um, first person shooters were big in art and like in the early two thousands. It's kind of like died down now. Um, the fighting game craze in the early nineties, like from ninety five and up, after Street Fighter two and Mortal Kombat success, you got fighting guy, Pit Fighter. Oh jeez. That Monster Essity? <laughs> yes, I had to go there. That game is garbage. Oh, it was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, there's, uh, the less time we could talk about it, the better. It was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, um, so Konami kind of had a big dominance in that, uh, in the arcade because definitely their brawlers, their licensed brawlers were the big thing. Um, now, the question I want to ask you, Chris, is um, do you think that Metal Gear stopped Konami from making co-op games? Like, I think because of the success of Metal Gear Solid on PlayStation 1, and, and I probably want to say Silent Hill, but mostly Silent Hill 2 would do that. Um, it seems that Konami kind of got away from the arcade business in making co-op games. But do you think that Metal Gear is to blame for that because of its success? Uh, you know, it, it, I, I want to say Metal Gear, I think, is like bigger in America than I think most of their other games, but I think it's probably right. Because I know Konami is still gigantic in Japan. Like, you know, they, they do everything. They do, like, casino machines. They do several arcade games. I mean, the, the Konami does a lot of stuff in Japan, but yes. I, I almost think like they pulled back so much in America that, uh, I think all they really had was metal gear at that. At, at basically at this point in time, like, uh, cause I can't, I can't really think of what else they, do. I mean, they've done some like the Castlevania games, which, uh, they kind of switched like 3d and I don't really think had the same feel as some of the old school Castlevania. They're just more yeah. like a Devil May Cry style now, yeah. um, which is okay, you know. But it's if if you're looking for classic Castlevania, you're not going to find it there. Um, so you know, maybe I mean I, I think there's probably a lot of a lot of truth in that. Where I think Metal Gear came along, it was huge. So Konami America, I think, tried milking it for all it's worth. Right. Um, you know, I'm sure if you, you know, if there's like two of us in Japan doing a podcast right now, they'll probably say differently. But um, yeah, I think in America, Metal Gear probably did have a lot to do with, uh, you know, Konami pulling back so much that Metal Gear is all they do basically now, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. Because I know they had like, 
I think life no life force was there uh was there shooting them up was their NES airplane game. Um I I'm going to say it was. I'm gonna agree with you that I think Metal Gear is to blame. I'm not saying that um Mel, uh that Metal Gear is, you know, should be accused of it or is wrong. But I think because they were shocked on how good it's so and it made Konami how uh, you know how it helped them get into modern gaming um that they didn't even have to make uh co-op games anymore especially when they left the arcade space you know they weren't making games for nintendo anymore they weren't making games for sega anymore so they probably felt like as from a business standpoint uh, if we can make money off of playstation because of the cds being cheaper to produce you know we could put a lot of titles out and you know kind of saturate the market with 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 like even if a whole, a whole bunch of our games don't sell good we can make money off just this one title because konami had like overkill um which was terrible which was a third person shooter kind of thing which was terrible um Symphony of the Night, Silent Hill, um, Metal Gear Solid. Like, Silent Hill, uh, Symphony of the Night, and Metal Gear really brought Konami to the modern ages. It was making money because, like I said, the CDs was cheaper. Why put a a game on the N64 when the cartridge costs so much? You know, they would have been losing a lot of money. So, I think when it came to, like, later on... uh, definitely with the way that konami is seen now um just like you said like metal gear is the only thing they could really produce and make but i think uh and moving into konami's troubles um before we get to the end of the show um i think the way that they treated uh hideo kojima just put them in the bad light and now that konami yes they're they're still popular in japan but i think a lot of people here in america just just literally turned their back on them and don't realize that you know konami used to be a historic kind of company and they used to produce these co-op games that was just so fun to play with all you know play with friends and stuff and you just don't get that feeling no more and it feels uh, for a lot of people it just feel like konami got greedy because of Metal Gear. You know, Metal Gear 5 shouldn't have turned the way that it did, turned out the way that it did. It's a good game from a lot of people's standpoint, and a lot of people who played it, but they, they just feel like it, it feels just have, it feels kind of rushed. Um, you know what? It's, it's, yeah. You know what? Because I'm, I'm trying to think, like, because, like, a, I don't want to necessarily put the blame on Metal Gear, because it's like, because a lot of it was like kind of Konami's decisions has a lot to do with it, I think. Because like, uh, like you said, like their treatment with like Kojima, like uh, you know, a beloved gaming icon, and they just kind of just chat all over him. Uh, I think like you know, I think a lot of that decision was made by the Japanese half of of Konami, and they're you know, it was kind of like they were like overconfident cocky about it where it's like well you know screw you we, we don't need you we do all this business in the arcades here you know like we we still because they you know they still dance dance revolution they still have beat right. mania they have arcade you know oh, the casino games everywhere dance, dance revolution for arcade I yeah yeah i mean because they have all those like the, the bigger stuff 
you know, which isn't as big in America, but like it's, you know, it, in every street corner in, in Japan, like I think they're almost so cocky there. They're like, you know, it, it's screw you gaming icon. Like, and then like Konami America is like, uh, this is all you have us have left is metal gear. And you just like pulled off the guy who makes it like, right. what do we do now? Like, so yeah, I, I, I almost think like in, yeah, Konami in America, I think it was almost just kind of like, now what do we do? Like it, 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 our parent company in Japan just kind of screwed us almost. Because the last game that came out from actually Konami here in America is the Venture of Bayou Billy that just came out on the uh, Wii U Virtual Console. Oh jeez. Yeah, <laughs> and and I, I kind of want before I make a sign up before we uh, sign off. Um, uh, Konami did bring like a Contra to PS3. And the Xbox 360, but they also did Contra Rebirth for Wii U. Uh, not Wii U for the Wii, and um, they did a Castlevania game. But uh, Contra Rebirth for Wii is really, really good. Two player, um, only five levels. Um, really good game to go through. Ooh, excuse me about that. Um, you can make it really challenging. It's up to you if you feel like it. Um, but. You know, the days of Konami, definitely if you look at uh, Castlevania Lords of Shadow 2, that was just, like, terrible on a whole bunch of fronts. Um, that Castlevania game that came out for Wii, um, that was a fighting game. Everybody laughed at that because that was terrible. And it's just like, when you only could bank on one series, that's prob- That's scary. That's very problematic. And I even get on Rockstar about that. Like, I, I feel like they're known, for- of course, they're only known for Grand Theft Auto. And they, you know, well, they like Red Dead Redemption. I'm just like, it's Grand Theft Auto in a Western setting. I mean, they're oh, they're okay programmers, but I think they still can't design games very well. I, I, yeah, Rockstar is definitely... I see them more as storytellers than game companies almost. I mean, the the game part of it is decent, but I think they put more effort into story than anything. And which, you know, if that's your style, that's your style. It's cool. But, you know, it, it's, you gotta keep the people engaged. And yeah. I think some people just kind of choke that down just so they can, you know, get through that story basically right and i i can actually admit the only story that i really respect and love out of rockstar is max Payne 3 like it's a really good story like it flows very well and i don't think um like rockstar recognizes that uh like even with konami like just the way they treated metal gear set of five like hideo kojima i know he wants to make games that feel like a movie or make a movie but sometimes his stuff gets so just non-cynical and just be like okay this is too much way too much i I feel like if your game gets to uh xeno uh not xenoblade uh xenogears um, the one that came out for PS2 where it was like it's, it feels like it was supposed to be an RPG but it's more like a movie yeah you know it's yeah, yeah there's definitely definitely a balance and I think uh, like you like the original Metal Gear Solid like I, you know I think it kind of 
struck that balance good between game and and story. Because um, you know, I th- nowadays, like you know, it's all really about kind of the, finding the good balance between the two. And you know, some companies do better than others, but I think like the original Metal Gear, especially Metal Gear Solid, uh, kind of nailed it. Yeah. So, um, but I, I think Konami, if you go back into their in their you know catalog and play some of their old games and definitely their arcade games, I think like the eighties and nineties and a little bit probably of the two thousands and some of their indies like like modern games, like I said, um, Contra Rebirth, uh, the Contra game that came on for three sixty or PS three if it's still up there. Like if you play those kind of games, I think you will truly enjoy it, and you definitely need another person by your side to enjoy those games with you because it's fun konami's co-op games are completely fun and that's what they all are you know it's even contra it could be hard and difficult but it's so fun when you have another player it has one of those let's do that one more time we might not succeed it but let's give it another try and that's i love when games do that and konami was really good about that um chris any last words um or anything chris (laughs) <laughs> I mean, not Chris. I'm sorry, Ryan. <laughs> Rock Beeman, brother. <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, because uh, I think Konami always. Uh, I think their wheelhouse really lies in multiplayer games. Um, you know, like a lot of the arcade games, like everything we talked about, like you know, Ninja Turtles arcade games, Simpsons, uh, Contra. I mean, all those. I mean, even like you know, Dance Dance Revolution, Beat Mania, like all those, yes. like. You know, it's it's about the challenge. I mean, you know, even the Dance Dance Revolution. Like, really, if you get good enough at some of those, you know, you, you switch back and forth and you do all kinds of crazy moves. And you make, like, a whole big dance routine with your buddy. Like, um, you know, it's really their wheelhouse lies in playing multiplayer. And uh, I think we kind of got to an age where people are almost forced into – uh, not doing like the you know the couch co-op and the you know the uh you know having somebody next to you while you're playing it's just like all you know whoever you're playing against on a headset and you know it's it's kind of one of those things where I think like they're kind of they've lost that vision yeah so you know hopefully they find it again hopefully they can come back to that and you know, produce some some better you know co op stuff, and and you know maybe that's uh, maybe losing Metal Gear might force them to do something like that. So I guess I guess we just have to stay tuned, really. <laughs> yes, we should see what they will do. But like I, but yes, I do recommend everybody go check out those old games, or even listen to Retronauts and listen to their talk uh, about. Um, Konami's arcade license games. Um, I really do recommend playing Contra for the NES if you got a chance with a friend and learning learn the foundation. If you think Mario Brothers, New Super Mario Brothers Wii was frustrating, play Contra. Lose all your lives and have your person take your life and you die and you get the game over screen and that, and that person dies and you don't have no continues. You got to redo everything it's uh it is uh it, it, every every contra game is potentially soul crushing i mean even like uh, i played mainly the the super nintendo one and that uh it's it's so much fun it is so good but 
you know, even to this day, like the the game over like yes music that they have like is haunts my dreams. It's do, ridiculous. Do, 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 do. It's, yeah, it's, uh, uh, I think <laughs> uh, I have it on Wii, and I think I should load it up and just play it and just and just die. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, Chris, would you like to plug anything? Um, uh, not really. Actually, uh, we're doing a podcast hopefully Sunday for Looted Geeks. Yes. Uh, assuming that doesn't fall through again. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it um, seems to be like some problem. But, um, since, uh, since this is going out, uh, um, real like real soon. Um, your wife did a video for hosting a party. I think. Yes. Yeah. My so. Yes, my wife uh, doing a, a unique makeup. Uh, she is uh, trying to do better now too at uh, putting out some movies, like uh, a couple like tutorials. Because uh, she is a a licensed uh, 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 basically makeup artist uh, that she did uh, along with uh, selling her makeup. Uh, so yeah, so be on the lookout for her, Carissa Beeman on Facebook. Uh, yeah, she's looking to do a lot more videos. So if you're just looking, so ladies, if you're looking for something to make yourself more beautiful, uh, guys, if you want to dress yourself up in makeup, uh, no judgments. Uh, she'll show you how to do it. Well, you, you know what, um, man learning, doing like man learning how to do makeup and putting on makeup. Um, Hey, people who are into doing theater and stuff, they, that, that might be a good thing. They makeup artists make up, make a lot of money. Trust me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And money. and if you if you guys want to see something very funny, um, at the unique conventions, uh, they have one funny MC guy that uh, every year so far he's done a whole thing where he's like put on makeup uh-huh. and it's been pretty hysterical. Uh, if you want to look it up, uh, you can look up some of the videos on YouTube. Uh, the spelling it's Y O U N I. U U E. I had to think about how to spell it all of a sudden. Uh, so basically, unique, but with you as an A. You are awesome. Uh, yeah, check it out. Um, look up some of the convention videos. You'll see him put on the makeup. Uh, you'll see all kinds of stuff on there. And look up my wife, uh, who I don't remember if she got hooked up with YouTube yet for that, but she is on Facebook. Uh, Carissa Beeman on Facebook. Yes. Uh, um, yeah, check out check. She's amazing. I I really need to come to one of your guys' events now that the holiday is over. <laughs> I need to come to one of the events. Um, you guys could check out Optional Opinion on the Nominous Radio Network dot dot com. You also could check more episodes out on SoundCloud. Um, just go to SoundCloud dot com. Um, search for <laughs> Optional Opinion. Um, you also have um, other shows that I do recommend you guys check out. Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. Um, they are twice a, a weekly show, Tuesdays and Wednesday, uh, Tuesdays and Fridays. Check them out. Uh, Simon's Cake uh, podcast at SimonCakes.wordpress.net or .com. Um, you can check out their podcast. Um, the Deluded Geeks. Uh, listen to our uh, episode zero, episode one. Hopefully, episode two is coming where I was the host. Um, listen to our discussion about Fallout. That one is still like the standout one. Uh, Ryan knows what I'm talking about. Still the funniest one. Um, 
and I have to talk to you uh, uh, Sunday about it because I know you're getting a little bit tired and you got to work and stuff. Um, um, also, uh, there was another podcast, um, the DNA uh, weekly strike in the DNA uh, computer, uh, community on uh, the digital nerds. Uh, 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 let me go and check them. I'm sorry, uh, Corey and his team. They got a lot of new shows for that. The digital nurse advocates. I'm sorry about that. You can check them out on Facebook. Um, join us on the Nintendo Voice Chat Video Book. Uh, video game book club uh, on Facebook. Uh, we're playing Metroid Prime, and we had to extend the discussion. Uh, so in February, like the first week in February, we'll ha- be having our discussion. But you could join us, and you have time to play that game with us uh, and enjoy it. Metroid Prime is so good. I I really really love that game. Um, hopefully in um these uh next month, and actually in February, um uh, we're going to be playing uh we're going to be playing one of the Legend of Zelda games. So do look out for that. Join us there on Facebook. Um, and also I have a special podcast um, Just be ready for February 27th That's all I can say My guest knows But you know I can't really say I can't really have him say anything about that um, But thank you guys once again uh, Thank you guys for reading the blogs um, If you miss it or a friend missed it Go to IGN.com Type in anime E-N-I-M-E um, and, Or look up optional opinion You guys will find it um, I want to hear your guys thoughts about Konami's co-op or even co-op in general whether it's on like modern online or back in the day like um let me know um you can email the show at myop2comment at yahoo.com n-y-o-p the number two c-o-m-m-e-n-t at yahoo.com also um screen uh skirmish frogs uh s-k-r-i screamish frogs i'm sorry s-k-r-i-m-i-s-h F-R-O-G-S dot com um, I have a series called The Moment and I uh, tell different parts of like um, of video games that I that made a big pack on me um, and I kind of share it all these retro games that, I, that I'm playing since I'm doing the Konami co-op uh, fun uh, week um, I decided to talk about Double Dribble um, and that comes out every Wednesday. So I've been late, uh, a little bit late with it, um, due to work. So I haven't been able to like post it, but, um, I actually talk about double dribble. Um, last, the last one I talked about at the double, uh, before double dribble was a game game called Vigilante, um, by IRM. Um, th- that one is a good one. Uh, and th- that was my first disappointment in video games, and you have to read to find out why. And I used to, I also talked about I think bad dudes. I think I did a cover of bad dudes also. Um, so you can check that out. Um, I know this is a lot of plugs. Um, thank you guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, weekend. I know people are playing The Witness, so please enjoy that game. Um, I still need to start Paper Mario. Um, pa- um. Uh, not Paper Mario, Mario and Luigi Paper Jam. I need to start that. Um, oh goodness, just a lot of games. <laughs> Mad Max. I need to start. Um, I'm going to have a busy gaming weekend, and I still haven't picked up Final Fantasy Tactics events on Wii U, and I still haven't picked up Final Fantasy Explorers. But I will be getting those games. Um, any last words, Chris? I've been talking so much. <laughs> 
yeah, just uh, keep a lookout for uh, for me and my daughter. Uh, she's been kind of getting really interested in the podcast, so uh, right here in the bonus episode. Uh, she's adorable. She's so smart, and she is a little geek herself, a little nerd. So, uh, you know, parents out there want to watch the kids, we'll try and throw a little something together. So uh, if you guys have any ideas for that, uh, hit me up on Facebook. Yay! And <laughs> once again, check us out at the Deluded Geeks podcast on the Anomalous Radio Network. And with that, I'm out, Chris. Chris, goodness, Ryan. <laughs> uh, because I'm looking at my friend's name is Chris. Uh, also <laughs> on Facebook. I'm sorry, um, but thank you, Ryan, for being my special guest. Thank you for being my second player in this uh, on this podcast. Thank you for having me. So, and with that, we are out. Peace. And chicken grease and all that other good stuff.